and uh, we are, uh, yeah. yeah, so here we are. We're with uh, uh, Hildegard Koenig at Koenig, right? Koenig. Koenig. Yeah. It can be pronounced that way, though, yeah. can't it? Mm-hmm. Well, if you insist, then it'll be, <laughs> how do you say it? Koenig. Koenig. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Hildegard Koenig. Uh, yeah, I have heard Koenig, though, right? Yeah, that's this, a very popular, yeah. yeah. And Koenig means king in German. So. Oh. And does Hildegard mean anything? Um, no, I was told that it's a, it comes from a Viking prince's name. Ah, okay. And then I heard that it's a nun, when, um, when Hildegard. And, um, there, yeah. was a, there was a famous uh, t- television personality back in the early days of TV named Hildegard. Yeah. So. Hildegard Neff, I think her name yeah. was. But I don't remember. I don't know anything yeah, so about her. I, get, I heard that they're very powerful so passionate she, woman. She was, she was powerful and passionate. Now, why are we why are we talking here on the Let's Go Eat show to Hildegard? Hildy, we'll call Hildy. Okay. Uh, uh, well, because she, uh, and by the way, again, we're recording once again here at the, the Daily, uh, this fine uh, restaurant here in downtown Salt Lake. Uh, it's at 222 South Main Street, the Daily, uh, open for lunch and dinner on uh, guess what? A daily basis, <laughs> and it's uh, it's run by our good friend uh, Ryan Louder, who has several other restaurants around town, the Copper Onion, uh, uh, Copper Kitchen out south, and uh, he's a fine he, he's a fine human being among other things, good. but but a good, good very good restaurateur, and uh, you can come in here for lunch or for uh, breakfast, and then brunch on Saturday and Sunday. So open daily. So Hildy, I met. Um, a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. at a fundraiser for uh, called Circle the Wagons. And essentially, it's an organization that helps victims of violent crime. And so I met Hildy and her husband, Jay, and come to find out Hildy is uh, an advocate for victims of violent crime. And you were well known in that circle mm-hmm. of people who were there that night because of the work you do. Um, how, so this is a state office. Mm-hmm. First of all, how did you get involved in doing it? So, um, I am a survivor myself, and um, so when I left, I had kind of two choices. I, wanted, I was trying to refine myself um, to be able to raise my children, and um, with that, I decided that, you know, the system failed me, um, sadly. And this I didn't was a know. domestic violence yeah, situation? Yeah, it was a domestic violence situation, mm-hmm. and I didn't know about resources. I didn't know about anything in mm. the state. And so um, I decided that um, people should know about resources. People mm-hmm. should know about um, have a voice. And so I decided to go into that work. Um, and um, I started working um, uh, with Judge Kwan in Taylorsville Court. And, um, and then I was finishing my school to be a paralegal. Mm-hmm. And then I went and worked for legal aid, doing protective orders. And I just kind of, that's been 15 plus years, so long time You've ago. You've been doing this for 15 years? Yeah. So, as a victim's advocate, you are called out by generally uh, the police department. So, so there's different. Um, so we have um, we have the community-based advocates, and then we have the system-based advocates. Um, and I have worked in both in my, my past. So mm-hmm. I have community-based. Um, you work out of a shelter, and you work with the individuals out of there, or you work for a nonprofit, kind of like mm-hmm. what Vicky Walker does. Oh, yeah, that's the fundraiser that where I met Hildy and her yeah. husband. Uh, it's Vicky Walker raising money for uh, victims of violent crime because her husband was 
among the people killed at the Trolley Square mm-hmm. massacre. And so she got involved kind of the same way uh, you did. Here's here's Hildy's husband, Jay, right now. <laughs> Have a seat, Jay. You know, you know, Jay, you can chime in anytime you want to. I don't. We're mainly talking about your wife's job, but uh, uh, you, you know, feel free to chime in if you like. Uh, anyway, so so that that's the community-based yeah. uh, victims advocate right. work, and then uh, if you're working for law enforcement, that's that's a different. Is, yeah, so but it's the same set of skills, and you have to know exactly. what you're doing. Yeah. So system-based advocate. So you will be called in. So it depends on each police department, um, and um, they will call you in when they need um, for a homicide, a suicide. Um, you know, a domestic violence situation, and the advocates will be there to guide the individual um, to be able to provide them resources and all those things. So I was a volunteer with Taylorsville PD a um, long time ago. Um, Rosie Rivera, the, sh- the Rosie sheriff, Rivera, yeah. um, was my boss at that time. Mm-hmm. And so, but now working with um, the Utah Office of Victims of Crime, I work with underserved community to make sure their voice is heard and making sure the services, when um, services are falling in the cracks of the system, making sure that where can we find funding for them to be able to provide that, um, what education do they need. Um, so I'm still considered an advocate in that way, um, but it's a statewide one. So you, but you don't go out on... Uh uh, you don't go out on calls no. very often. Um, you used to, though, right? Yes, I used to, but not at this point. At this point, what I do is I still get the calls. Once you've been an advocate, you're always an advocate. Um, and I will get phone calls um, from community members, community leaders, and say, this is a situation. I got a call about a girl with a possible human trafficking, mm-hmm. um, sex trafficking. Hildy, where can we connect them? So I connect them with the AG's office, give them provided information, all those things. Same this weekend, I was in a, a conference for the LGBT community and um, an individual was in an unhealthy home, DV, mm-hmm. domestic violence situation, um, and can we get him housing, so provide him those resources mm-hmm. to the individual and the connection. So. Uh, what, uh, what would you consider, is there, is there a way to say, I mean the most underserved community or communities, I would, I would think that uh, Hispanic communities kind of underserved because uh, because of immigration issues and the, and the Hispanic community is worried even if they are legal legal immigrants they're worried about but they know people who maybe are not um, uh, or maybe they have family members who who have who, who have come across the border to live with them we're legal but you know uncle uncle Jose has come to live with us mm-hmm. and he sneaked across the border and what am I supposed to do you call call ice or you know yeah. tell him to go home no you don't do that you say uncle Jose keep your nose clean and don't, yeah, don't. So, but so they're afraid to ask for services. Yeah, so one of the things, I mean, working with the underserved, the Latino community, myself being a first-generation immigrant to this country, um, we were taught, you know, we come from places that, line, you don't call law enforcement. No, don't you call don't the call cops. You don't call the cops. No. Um, you don't do those things, and more if we are. Um, my sister was the poster child for DACA for the DREAM Act. Oh, yeah. And so we were very much like, we didn't talk about information, we didn't call law enforcement, we didn't write stuff. And so we see that with a lot of the community which is members. Not, which is not the right thing to do, right. but it's understandable. Yeah, it's for fear, yeah. because they don't know unknown. And so I think a lot of times where I think education is power, it, and that's true. If I have been informed of things that I could have received information, I could have received resources when I was going through 
my domestic violence situation and knowing that it didn't matter my immigration status, it didn't matter my parents' immigration status or my siblings, then I would have gone and attended to those resources. But if you don't know, then you are not even going to try contacting them. And then the LGBTQ community, mm-hmm. I would imagine, is pretty underserved as well. Yes, there many of them don't have the resources. They don't want to come out. Um, they're afraid. Um, you know, the majority, a, lot, a large population are homeless. Um, they don't know where they go. They've been kicked out before coming out. or And so they are also underserved, and I think that's why education. I was asked to speak on victims' rights um, at the Gender Revolution Conference coming up in November. And so letting them know what their rights are and what resources are out there. Um, also, they under the tribal community. We have reservations. They are so isolated. Native American. Yeah, Native yeah. American. Yeah, there are places in the state that you... If you went to these places in the state, you'd think you were in another country. Oh, yeah. So you, before you get to a gas station or anything, is an hour and a half of driving by nothing. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so those are communities that I have the honor to be able to go and reach and work with and making sure that their voice is heard, is brought to the table and to see those things. So mm-hmm. hopefully, if we can save one life, and that's what I started a long time ago, I told when I met my husband, um, and I said, I just want to help this is, one this person. Is the, this is the good husband. The good husband. <laughs> the good husband. <laughs> oh, we yeah. didn't, I we didn't hear that. I don't know. Oh, no, I don't know if you can hear it. Can you turn that? What'd you say? No, I'm still not hearing it, but yeah, wait a second. No. You'd like to think you're the good husband? Well, I don't think I'd like to, but I'd like to be the good husband. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, okay. well, we'll Jay, we'll just say that you are the good husband. The good husband, husband okay. yes. Yeah, okay. you know. We'll make a TV show and we'll call it The Good Husband, and, and it'll be you. you. find a yeah. much better looking actor to play the part. <laughs> so, so uh, you... Um, oh, see, so where did I want to go with this? Oh, so now I've only been around you two or three times, mm-hmm. uh, and you. Although I found out you know way more about me than I ever knew about you. I know you. it's pretty funny. Uh, but uh, uh, you seem to be absolutely an indomitable, positive person uh, <laughs> who who is just. I mean, just uh, couldn't be a nicer human being. And and some people okay. that I met at the. Um, uh, circle the wagons benefit. Uh, they would say, "Oh, this this woman, she's a, a force in the community. She helps a lot of people." But I, I want to ask you how going out on those difficult situations. You used to go out on the calls, but you, you, even though you don't now, you still know what's going on. You know the situations. I don't know how people take it. How can you take it and deal with it without letting it just make your life feel dark and gloomy and awful? Well, um, I think. Um, because I've been one of those individuals and I think I always when I said you know when I go to those calls they are it could be my family member it could be you know my kid it could be myself and so I, I when I have gone to those calls in the past I have gone and just treated them with that respect but I, I will tell you I have to do self-care after because some of the stories I I think about them daily 
okay. of those individuals that um, have lo- we have lost because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I went to a homicide call and meeting the kid after the mom was killed mm-hmm. and, you know, those things, it stays with you. But then I promise that I will continue doing this work in their memory mm-hmm. and making sure that I can make another change so it doesn't happen. I think that's an important thing that you said, though, and I, and I know police officers and, and EMTs have to deal with these horrible situations. How do you practice self-care? You know, it varies. Um, it, it honestly varies. And a lot of times when I started this field a long time ago, that even was not even a conversation. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have PTSD and a lot of people have um, trauma. That, I mean, things that... And so now I want to say the past eight years, talking about secondary trauma and talking about self-care, that's been more brought into the field mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. having that conversation. Um, but. If you talk to anyone that has done this work, they have a story of why they're here in this work. It's not for the pay, (laughs) it's not for that, but it's because you knew someone or because you were a child of abuse or you were, you know, so they will tell you those stories. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's what keeps people. But sadly, we do have individuals that have not been able to self-care and and that comes in very forms. People go do yoga, I can't do yoga. I'll sit there and start thinking of all my to-do lists by the day. (laughs) But but I love a concert. Like, I'll go to a concert, get all my aggression out, and then I'm like, I'm happy. Cool. You know, so yeah. So, or get tattoos, you know. So so, so we're going to talk later on (laughs) about tattoos as well. Uh, I know this seems like a little bit incongruous to what we're talking about right now, but Hildy and her husband, Jay, have um, an organization called Inc. Against Cancer, and we'll talk about that coming up with Jay. But we'll continue with this, and then we'll we'll make a whole different show about that, okay? (laughs) Which is great. It's funny. Uh, So so let me ask you one other thing before, and then I want to talk about how how people get resources. I mean, that really is, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people may be tuning in right now or thinking, yeah, how do I, maybe I need service tuning in. People don't tune into podcasts, do they? I've been on the radio too long. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe people who are, who are downloading this and listening to it at the gym or whatever. Uh, uh, how, we'll talk about how they get uh, services. But I want just a little bit more about your personal story because I know that you, and again, this, and I only bring it up because you are so so positive, but mm-hmm. you got pretty serious health situation mm-hmm. going on. Do you want to talk about that at sure. all? Sure. Um, so, because of my um, the abuse that I went through, um, so I'll kind of give you um, Mike's husband. Um, one of the things he liked to do was to hit my head a lot, um, and uh, and so he just come slap me you know whichever but it was always in the head and um and so but i after i left um after the last um situation um that i almost you know it was pretty Mm -hmm. um like i i got um pretty bad beat up and Mm -hmm. um you know i didn't know that i had like they came and gave me a little paper saying hey you can get a protective order um if your children will happen in the home when that's happened you could have lost your children and that was the reason really why i left is because i was not going to leave lose my children because of him mm-hmm. and so i could deal with the pain and i got to a point that um that i dissociated from when i was being abused so i knew that i was being abused but i wasn't um 
it was weird. I, I you were someplace like, else. Yeah, I was someplace else. And so, um, but I didn't know that I could go to the doctor and get checked. I was a single mom at that point. I needed to survive. I had to work two jobs. And so, um, because I didn't get the medical, but I knew that I was starting to get sick. Um, I was starting to, I thought that it was stomach pain. And I, everyone told me it was IBS or it was uh, gas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or they told me that it was... Um, Your I appendix was, or... Yeah. Told her it was just in her head. Yeah, someone even told me that, that it was all in my head. And I was just like, I felt like I was going crazy. But um, so I didn't, because I didn't know about the resources, I didn't know about those things that you... The, um, being hit in the head severe can cause damage in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, later on, I find out that I have a medical condition um, because of the, the abuse. So, well, let me go back. So one time um, I went for an MRI and they said, well, you, you're, you must have gotten a car accident because you have... Horrible. Horrible car accident because you have all this damage in your body mm-hmm. and your neck and um, and nerve system mm-hmm. and all this. And I was like, no, I've not been in a car accident. I mean, I've been in a car accident, but nothing. And you've either been in a plush. car accident or you've been, you've been in a heavyweight prize yeah. fight yeah. with Muhammad Ali or somebody. Yeah. So when I tell him, I say, no, it was Caso. I says, well, you know, it was done by my ex-husband. Does. Mm-hmm. And um, so they... Um, so at that point, started things kind of coming. Like I started feeling like there was a, that I wasn't going crazy. That there was really things that my body was feeling, but I didn't know how to express it. Yeah. And so, but now I have a medical condition because we took so long to find my diagnosis that my brain and my stomach disconnected. Um, and so, There's um, a lot of nerve damage in her neck that doesn't allow the communication. Nerve damage in her neck, her yeah. Brain and, stuff. and so they, um, there's no communication. So my, when I eat, I throw up within minutes. Mm. And um, they have even sent everything to the Mayo Clinic, and there's nothing they can do. Mm. I have tried everything you can think. Um, you know, like the lights, I can't think of the name of it, but some, you oh, know, yeah, all bio, types. Biofeedback and all of that kind of yeah, stuff. Like yeah, like all these types of treatment and mm-hmm. therapies and mm-hmm. everything and nothing. And um, at this point, it is um, a lifetime thing. Um, they um, have stated that, you know, many people, they have a feeding tube. Um, your body will reject it to a point and then they don't know how to keep you alive. Mm. So it is like a, a terminal situation mm-hmm. at that point because then we'll have to figure out how to keep me alive. But So far the feeding tube works? Um, yes. Most of the she, time? She gets about a quarter cheeseburger a day. That's what she lives off of. Jeez. Yeah. So so I, you know, I survived. But I had two choices to either cry about it, sit about it and say... Or I can say I'm gonna continue and leave a um, a legend, like what's the mm-hmm. a word? But um, leave a legacy, um, or leave a story, leave my story so I can help others. So um, my gastroenterologist, I cannot tell you, he was like heaven sent. You know, if anyone believes in that stuff, but he was the only individual that had the most respect. Um, first of all. Um, has um, believes you, mm-hmm. um, treats you as a human being, doesn't treat you another patient or another number, and um, been just like, how can I support you? And has said to me, this is a medical condition, and is a very rare medical condition. But more people that have been with trauma 
with abuse, veterans, uh, women that have been through domestic violence, all that, have a medical condition. But if you can catch her early enough and give her the correct medication, you can not be in a feeding tube like I am. Mm. Uh, I, you know, and I bring all of this up only in, in, uh, to, as a background to so people can see how the, how difficult life can be but you can you can overcome mm-hmm. mentally you can be free and you can overcome and and I just think it's remarkable that I mean I I uh, moan and complain about my life and I have you know m- medical conditions and you know things that cause me pain and and uh, you know and I think geez I'm just how can I keep doing this but mm-hmm. but you know, here, here's a living example of somebody who can keep Thank doing you. it and, and yeah, smile. And uh, and I, I'm guessing you are one of the best victims advocates around be, because of that attitude. You know, and I thank you. I um, She's my I, inspiration. <laughs> I don't, you, you haven't seen me in my bad days. Ooh, in my bad days. I, I, I have I'm my sure bad you days. Have them. The I'm German sure. Latina comes out. Ooh, he's not a, a German <laughs> Latina. I don't want to mess with that at all. No. Uh, but I, I th- when I met Jay, her, her husband speaking right right in the microphone too, Jay. And German Latina, you don't you don't mess with that, do you? No, the first time she told me what her background was, the first thing I said was I'll never piss you off. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so but no, I thank you. I I don't consider myself a, a, a great advocate. I consider myself like I'm a learning advocate. I feel like I, I learn every day from doing this work. Mm-hmm. And I learn from, like, now we have amazing advocates that there are in the trenches right now doing the work. It's getting better, too, it right? Is you started like 15 years ago or so. It's gotten a lot better. Oh, hasn't yeah. It? So we're passing laws, we're doing things, but there's so much more work mm-hmm. that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, but these are, like, truly the heroes in the community, um, the advocates. And um, it, they are the ones that, like, their own unseen or heard mm-hmm. the heroes because they are the ones with the individual when they need it and then they you know and then they go away you know but the individual got that resource mm-hmm. and so um, I don't consider like I said I don't consider myself amazing I just consider myself as a survivor someone that's still surviving um, but a trying to make a voice for other victim mm-hmm. uh, other victims excuse me. so so if, if there are people and there are all kinds of victims Mm-hmm. That need advocates, uh, victims of debu- uh, victims of abuse, uh, people who've who've uh, lived when someone else in the family has died uh, by suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, there are um, LGBTQ kids living in dangerous situations, uh, situations where they're maybe not, maybe sometimes physically abused, but may- maybe just mental abuse by their families. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's all kinds of horrible situations and everybody deserves an advocate so what kind of services are available and what so there is um, amazing organizations that um, you know every police department mostly every police department excuse me has um, advocates in there so they can contact them 
um, and they don't have to have to do a police report to get a hold of those advocates, mm-hmm. but also they can contact our office, the Utah Office of Victims of Crime, and we have um, advocates here. We can provide them resources. There's the Utah Coalition Against Sexual Assault, the Rape Recovery. Um, this, we are working very closely with the Pride Center, um, the Urban Indian Center, So, and then we have the Utah Domestic Violence Coalition. So there's all different organizations. They can provide resources depending on what they need. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, the one thing is like, um, there it is help. Um, even if they call 211 and they say, hey, I'm looking... I was going to ask you the yeah, 211 number. Yeah, yeah, so you can call 211 and say, hey, I'm looking for an organization or a shelter. And then they'll provide you that phone number. But they can also call their office. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they can provide, we can provide them information too. Um, and, um, but it, there is resources. Um, and it is a baby steps. Um, nationally, it says it takes an individual five to eight times to leave a abusive relationship mm-hmm. um, you know and it's a process so mm-hmm. they may call one time and then they may back out mm-hmm. um, or even with someone's suicide um, both um, my sister and my dad both committed suicide and um, that's how I learned what an advocate was the first time ever I went to a police department after I was called I mean not a police department the hospital after my sister had committed suicide and there was an advocate there I never met this lady and my mom was like hey I want you to go and see, say goodbye to your sister, and I didn't want to see her that way. No. And um, and uh, this lady stood there and said, "You don't have to go and say goodbye to her. It, you can say goodbye in a different way." And I was like, "Who are you?" And then she gave my parents a free um, burial space for my sister and helped them all these things. And I was like, "Who are you?" And I said, "She said that she's an advocate for the West Jordan Police." And and I was just like, immediately, I was like, that's what I told my husband, I said, that's what I want to be. Um, and and it became. And yeah. so, but there it is, resources, you just have to look at them. And, and it's never your fault um, if you're a victim. Um, sadly, there's people that may not believe you, but there's many people that are ready to believe you for what you're going through. It's an odd thing that sometimes victims of uh, abuse, but even victims of crime often say, Oh, it was my fault. I shouldn't have been doing something. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have been walking in that part of town at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, women who's, who've been been sexually assaulted. Oh, I shouldn't have been wearing that dress. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and oh, I shouldn't be saying things to piss him off. And yeah. it's it's ridiculous. It's, never, it's just never bullshit. Talk. Yeah, and I mean, it's no one, no one wants to be abused. Everyone wants to be treated with respect, no matter what. And so we should be able to be our own persons. Mm-hmm. But sadly, our society is something that we're trying to continue educating to people that, you know, it's not okay to harm someone. And but is we're still having that conversation, still on and on. I wish that one day we were not, there was not advocates. They were not needed this type of job, right? That I could be. Um, but it's it something make, that we. It have makes to. it kind of difficult when the person who's leading the country is a bully. But I, <laughs> I don't know if we need to <laughs> talk about that too much. But, but it's. I mean, the way I, I today we were talking about the way he he treated this young woman from Sweden, 16-year-old girl, climate oh. activist from Sweden, Greta Thunberg, and and it was important for him to get on stage and push, kind of push her out of the way for a second. What a just it's unbelievable 
Uh, and it, I haven't it, seen that yet today no. on my level. She had an amazing speech. Though. Oh, my goodness, that girl. Yeah. Uh, it's, but I, and I just to, to kind of put a bow on that, uh, it comes from the top down, and it seems to be... Um, so, I, so, so, Police Chief Mike Brown here in Salt Lake, mm-hmm. he, uh, this uh, week, last week, he, he was very uh, adamant. He made a, def- and he said, I want the people of this community to know, particularly the people in the Hispanic community, Latinas, Latino community, we're not here to deport anybody. We are not here to ask your immigration status. This is not what we do. We're here to keep people, you know, so, to solve crime, to keep people safe. Uh, to keep people away from crime, uh, to solve the crimes. Uh, and so please, don't think we're going to get you. We just want you to talk to us. If you've been the victim of a crime, tell mm-hmm. us. Uh, if you know something about a crime that's been committed where someone has been a victim, tell us. We're not going to deport anybody. Mm-hmm. Uncle Jose is safe. Yeah. You know. and, and I thank um, Chief Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the privilege to work with Chief Brown and Mayor Biskupski for a year and a half of my life. And um, and I will tell you that that sanctuary kind of space um, for the, the Hispanic Latino community um, as an immigrant it is such a needed space yeah. because in letting them know that you're gonna be, it's okay for you to come, you're not gonna be asked about your, it, it helps. Mm-hmm. But it is words in in our community is great, but it's action. Seeing you in the community, see if you you know, and and it's something that we have to. But more they tell it, more they show up in the community, more that they're supportive of the community, more that is going to open for those people to have that trust. And when they have that trust in the community, then you better follow up on that. So, but but I, I, you know, I believe Chief Brown, he has a kind heart and um, the, what he says, it is from his heart. So, so Hildegard Koenig. Koenig. Hildegard Hildy. She is a victim's advocate and, as you can tell, a passionate one and a, um, a survivor and someone uh, to be admired. And there is help Thank out you. there if you need it. Um, now, uh, one thing you said, and we're going we're gonna to wrap this up, but one thing you said is one way that you wind down or you get, you get uh, uh, some uh, self-care is you get tattoos. <laughs> yep. I Never thought I would. <laughs> and, uh, and I don't, I, I don't see any tattoos, but oh. you keep them all cut and cut. Oh, well, yes. there you go. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. She's pretty inked, I have to tell you. And uh, we'll, we'll, we're going to talk about that later. Uh, uh, I think we'll do another uh, episode, but uh, uh, Hildy and her husband Jay uh, have um, something called Ink Against Cancer, and that's pretty interesting, too. So we'll talk about that uh, okay. coming up. Is that okay with you guys? Yep. Can you hang around great. for a little yep. while? You bet. Because I want to talk to my friend Ivy here coming yep. up Perfect. as well. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ivy goes, eh, it doesn't matter. I'm, uh, listen. No, we're good. <laughs> so, uh, so that's it for this uh, segment of the Let's Go Eat show. Uh, thank you to The Daily, as always, for having us here sitting at the table. 222 South Main Street. Really, come in for sandwiches if you're on your lunch break downtown or or a breakfast. So they have they have really great grab and go stuff here at the Daily as well. Uh, so uh, that's it. Uh, thank you, Dick, for producing the show and walking uh, 12 or 15 miles to get here with all the equipment under your arm. Uh, and uh, we'll be back uh, next time. And uh, I'm not sure which episode will come up next, but there'll be another one. Uh, That's it for now. I'm Bill Allred. Remember, if you're pouring drinks, always make mine a double.